Well, it gives me huge pleasure. I don't want to waste any more time. I want you to give a massive welcome to Margaret, who spoke yes yesterday, traveling all over the world. She's here for us today at Zia. Would you give her a big, loving welcome? You're the best. Thank you. Thank you. Hey, good morning, church. How are you? Are you good? It's great to be here. Matt, I want to say, where's he gone? I want to say thank you. This is an honor and a privilege to be on your platform. Thank you. I never take it for granted. It's a great place to be. How good is God? Um, Before I start, I just want to encourage all of you. This is such an opportunity on Wednesday. You know, I just want to remind us that the world is not anointed to bind up the brokenhearted and set the captives free. We are. And so as you gather on Wednesday, make sure you bring friends. This is a great subject. Emotional issues around the world need to be addressed, but we are good at it. Because the word works. It works. Um, And so, you know, we talk about common sense. It's not very common. (laughs) So um, we need the word of God, okay? Um, So if you're visiting, just come with me. I'm going to ask you to stand. I'm going to stand the whole time. I know you've just sat down. But I'm up here the whole time. Um, And we're going to pray together. Is that okay? Good. Okay, if you can stand with me. And if you're willing, can you put your hand on your heart? Because that's where the issues flow from. (laughs) And that's what needs changing most of the time. So pray, pray with me, Jesus. Jesus. Everybody, Jesus. Jesus. Today, Today. I want to be more like you. So change me. You're able. I'm willing. Let's do this. Amen. Heaven is cheering. You can sit down. Woo-hoo! You know, that's all God's looking for is people who say yes. Because he's more than able. He just can't always find us more than willing. Um, And so I believe today God is going to do what only he can do. If you need healing, he's here to heal heal you. Healing is who he is, not what he does. Um, And so often we put God in a box. And yesterday as women, we talked about the God of the impossible. Um, And he is. Um, And so we're going to look today at at the encounters with Jesus. You know, if you're here today and you're born again, you've had an encounter. How privileged are we that we don't have to kind of go through rituals and I wouldn't have survived. You know, I need to wake up and say, hi, Dad, I'm awake. Um, And he does that for us. He is our doorway to eternity, but also to a great life on earth. Amen? So it's, it's important. The God of grace and truth, I love that. That's who Jesus is. Um, in John 1.14, it says, The Word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. And we've seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. And as Jesus is, so are we. Aren't we? Are we reading the different Bible? You can talk to me, people. You're going to spend eternity with me. Get to know me now. It's going to happen. Listen, this Bible is like good deodorant. It has to be applied. Because I know lots of theologians who know it, but don't apply it to their life. And today I'm believing whatever God wants to say to you, even with the word he's already bought about trust, if you don't apply that, if you just think, oh, that's nice. Hmm. Hmm. We'll see. No, the, the word is true. It's true, but you have to apply it. And people say, Margaret, what do you mean by that? I've done the breast cancer journey twice. I know, crazy. Um, one as a non-Christian, one after we got born again. And, you know, on that journey... I had to apply the word of God. The word God gave me was no cancer formed against you will prosper. Um, And so I applied it daily and I'm still here. (laughs) So it works, but it has to be applied. It's no good thinking because our thoughts will take us on a very different journey. Now, I'm not always good. I just, you know, there was a moment where I Googled 
late at night. I don't recommend it. What was the survival rate? Who does that? Who wants to know the survival rate? The survival rate is in here. And so often we go to Dr. Google or a friend. Listen, let's be the people who bring the word of God to people. So I just want to encourage you. My book is out there. Um, I've written a book called Healed and Whole because lots of people get healed and they don't get whole. So again, people say, Margaret, what's the difference? Ten lepers, they all got healed. Only one got whole because he came back and said, thank you. And we need to actually stir up that gratitude. You know, did you wake up and say, thank you? You know, when you woke up, Jesus smiled. It's like, yeah, they're awake. Some of you are not so sure. Okay, but he does. Because, you know, have you ever thought about the 24-hour clock? You're thinking, where is she going? But if I was God, I would put everyone to sleep for 12 hours. And have a real chill and go and create some more amazing things. But no, he arranges it. I live in Australia. Um, and so as you wake up, I'm going to sleep. And he does that so he can have fellowship with us 24-7. That's the sort of good, good father we serve. And we need sometimes just put it back into ordinary things and think, oh my word, he just loves us enough. He wants to hang out with us all day, 24-7. How caring is that? I would put us to sleep. <laughs> It's because I know me. Of course, you're really nice because you're from Hitchin and the surrounding areas. Um, But, you know, this is a God who is full of grace and truth. So let's read about it. We're going to look at it in in John 4 and verse 1 to 26. I'm going to read it for you. So now Jesus learned that the Pharisees had heard that he was gaining and baptizing more disciples than John. Aren't people funny? Um, Although, in fact, it was not Jesus who was even baptizing, but his disciples. So he left Judah and went back once again more to Galilee. Now he had to go through Samaria. So he came to a town in Samaria called Sychar. And near the plot of ground that Jacob had been given to his son, Joseph, Jacob's well was there. And Jesus tired as he was from the journey, sat down by the well, and it was about noon. And when the Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said to her, will you give me a drink? His disciples had gone to town to get food. And the Samaritan woman said to him, you're a Jew and I'm a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? For Jews don't associate with Samaritans. Jesus answered and he said, if you knew the gift of God who is that who asked you for a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. Sir, the woman said, You have nothing to draw with and the water is deep. The well is deep. Where can I get this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob who gave us this well and drank from it himself as did also his sons and livestock? Jesus answered, everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of living water welling up to eternal life. The woman said, sir, give me that water so I won't get thirsty and have to keep coming here to draw water. He told her, go call your husband and come back. I have no husband, she replied. And Jesus said to her, you're right when you say you have no husband. The fact is you have had five husbands and the man you now have is not your husband. What you have said is quite true. How would you feel? Um, Sir, the woman said, I can see that you're a prophet. I would think she took her breath before she said it. Our ancestors worshipped in this mountain, but you Jews claim that the place where we must worship is in Jerusalem. Woman. Jesus replied, believe me, a time is coming when you will worship the Father neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You Samaritans worship what you don't know. We worship what we do know, for salvation is from the Jews. Yet a time is coming and has now come when the true worshipper will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For they are the kind of worshippers the Father seeks. 
God is a spirit and his worshippers must worship him in spirit and truth. The woman said, I know that Messiah called Christ is coming. When he comes, he'll explain everything to us. And then Jesus declared, I am the one speaking to you. I am he. I'll read some more in a minute. That's an amazing part of scripture, hey, because, and I think it fits very much with where we are right now. We need to be in that place where we're full of grace and truth. Because, the, you know, a lot of people, how many people do you know have left church? Yeah, why did they leave? Because the church, they still love Jesus. We have to start actually being grace and truth, not just talking grace and truth. We actually be it. It's time to be that. And we need to call the prodigals home because they know the word of God. But I know lots of people who say, Margaret, I love Jesus. I just can't do church. Well, church is not perfect because it's full of us. I'd have to leave if it was. Right now, I'd run. But it's not perfect. Only Jesus is perfect. And here he is. He's cutting across the boundaries, talking to a woman. I love him. Talking to a woman on her own, not allowed. But look, I love her response. Um, But let's look at him first. Jesus tired as he was from the journey, sat down by the well. Um, I believe in this room today, there are people who are tired on the journey. Anyone tired on the journey? Yeah, right around the room. Listen, um, I I worked at Hillsong College, International Leadership College in Sydney for the last seven years. We have 61 nations represented. um, And so that it was amazing to do. Um, But when I resigned... um, I said, okay, Jesus, I'm ready to go preach now. And he's like, "Mm, Margaret, I don't need you to preach, thanks. I'm like, well, you could have said before I left college. (laughs) It's my salary, paid the rent. (laughs) Um, And he's like, no, I don't need another preacher, thanks. I need you to minister. Um, And, you know, if you've got something, if you're sitting down, you've got something on your lap, what happens when you stand up? Falls off. So who's tired in the room? Raise your hand. Stand up, God's going to release it. Just stand to your feet right around the room. You're tired. You came here a bit weary today. Don't wait for someone else. If I was giving out money, you'd be on your foot straight away. Like, this is better than anything you could ever buy. This is the kingdom of God's speaking. And look around the room. You're not on your own because we always think it's just me. I'm the only tired one. Um, listen, the Bible says Jesus was tired from the journey. It's okay to be tired, but it says when you're tired, when you're weary, come to him. And often we go to people or we go to substance or we go to moaning. Not that anybody here would ever moan. Um, But that whole thing of like, this is, Jesus was tired. So if you're tired and you stood, you know, as you stood up, that weariness, that what if, that I can't do it anymore fell off. Yes? So we are going to pray together. Put your hand on your heart. Pray with me. Everyone pray. Jesus Thank you that you were tired from the journey, but you didn't give up, and neither will I. As I stand to my feet today, fill me with the same power that raised Jesus from the dead. The power to run my race in Jesus' name. I receive it. Amen. Woohoo! Heaven is cheering. You may sit down, amazing people. Listen, you know, heaven is cheering. There's a verse um, in the Passion. Um, Anybody reading the Passion Bible? I'm just loving it at the moment. Um, I've I've shared it with the women yesterday. It's a bit of a favourite for me right now. So I'm going to share it with you because, guys, we don't want to miss out um, because we love you. Um, But it says in Psalm 14, The Lord looks down in love. Bending over heaven's balcony, looking over all Adam's sons and daughters. He's looking to see if there's anyone who acts wisely, any who are searching for God and wanting to please him. 
He's looking over the balcony. He's like, oh, look at them. Look where they are on a, on a Sunday morning. And he, look, he says, look, Dad. He's like, I know, son. And then Jesus, I believe, looks at his nail-pierced hands and goes, so worth it. So worth it. Never forget that what we do on earth affects heaven. We have his attention. I think sometimes we can get very earth-bound. And there was a season where everyone was heaven-bound and did nothing on earth. I believe we should stand with a foot in both and be useful to the king. But he's leaning over heaven's balcony. And, you know, I've talked to him before about it. You know, we sing songs. I never sing what I don't live. I hope you're convicted. I don't, live, I don't sing what I... Because I think it's rude. Oh, I'll go anywhere. I'll do anything. Could you go to your neighbour? No. Seriously, I, we do that, don't we? Whatever you ask, Lord, make a cake for them. Oh, I haven't got time for that. So can you imagine Jesus in heaven and on, on a Sunday and he, he says, listen to them, Dad. He's like, yeah, let's wait till Monday, son. <laughs> but I want to live a life. We only have one. Let's live it to the full. Let's be effective. Let's, listen, if we just touch ourselves and hug ourselves and, and bless ourselves, what use is that? Who wants to be like Jesus? Well, he came to seek and save the lost. What are we doing? Didn't come to have a party on his own. He actually came. He could have come as a rabbi. Could have. But he came and he hung out with the lost. And I want to encourage us, church. Let's, this, I believe God's up to something around the world. Seriously, around the world. People are getting saved. How many people did you bring this morning? If we become a bringing church, there will be salvation always in the house. Because there's a hunger in people. There is a real hunger. Um, I was in Surrey on Friday morning um, with Sharon and Charlotte, and uh, five women got saved. So it's a Friday morning. Does God work on a Friday? Yes. Um, and so, you know, he understands us. Jesus was on the journey, but he didn't give up. And I think sometimes when we're tired, we start to actually put things down that are important. Often church is the first thing to go, or the things of God. I need to focus on my career. Here he is. He's saying to her, if you seek me... If you seek me, all these other things will get added to you. Grace and truth. Truth is that we are loved. It's the truth. You're loved. We belong. And there's a world out there looking for those two things. I want to belong. It's the cry of humanity. But sometimes we're in church and we don't feel loved. We don't feel it. But feelings are not facts. The truth is you're loved whether you feel it or not. You know, I don't always feel like getting up, <laughs> but I still do. Um, so I just want to encourage us that grace and truth, grace oils the church. It oils our life. Grace gives us that moment in time where we go, yes, Lord. And here she is. I love how she responds. Um, the Samaritan, when the Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said to her, will you give me a drink? The Samaritan woman said, you're a Jew and I'm a, a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? You know, sometimes we don't ask Jesus for what we really need. We actually go to people or we go to our past and we think, oh, it worked then or whatever. But actually, Jesus said to her, give me a drink. Give me a drink. So you haven't, I love, and he explained something quite profound. If you knew the gift of God who, who it, and who it is that asked you for a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. Now, if you're at the well with a bucket and someone says that to you, you're like... What's he talking about? What's he talking about? And here she is. She's like, you've got nothing to draw the water with. You've got no, no bucket. And the well is deep. She 
actually never answered. He said to her, if you knew the gift, he was stating something, and she changed the subject. How many of you change the subject when God's talking to you? <laughs> I love you. Yeah, God says, um, you can't, oh, I'm, yeah, Jesus, you're wonderful. Um, yeah, what about your neighbor? Oh, <laughs> you're so lovely, Jesus. Oh, I can't wait for church on Sunday. I can't wait for Wednesday. Uh, change the subject. And she did that. And she said, the well is deep. And what she was saying, it's too difficult. And some of you in your life are saying, it's just too difficult. It's too deep. It's too hard. It's a long way down. It's a long way down. It's too deep. I can't go there. Forgiving that person is just too deep. Can I just remind you, forgiving someone doesn't make what they did right. Doesn't make what they did right. It frees you. It frees you. Uh, we all have reasons to, to forgive. I have daily. But Jesus, while I was yet a sinner, he forgave me. He came for me. He, he died for me. He rose again for me. He made a way for me. And I believe there is unforgiveness in the room. And it's deep. And, and you've kind of covered it up. I don't have a bucket. <laughs> I don't need to go there. I've tried. It doesn't work. I don't want to do that right now. Margaret, could you just go back to Sydney? No. <laughs> because... Unforgiveness locks you up. My mum was a manic... I've got a strange upbringing. My dad was an alcoholic. My mum was a manic depressive, schizophrenic. I was abducted off the streets of London and sexually abused. And then I was abused by lesbians over a long period. Then I was abused by a family member all before I was 11. I ran a brothel in London at 11. And I was the same size as I am now, tall. I could have so been taken by all those people. But God knew he had a plan for my life and there's a plan for yours. But I had to choose to forgive. I had to choose to forgive. It's a choice. doesn't make what they did right, but it sets you free. Forgive those who trespass against you. We've all had people who trespass against us. And here she is. She had a story. She had a story. And everyone in this room has a story. And, you know, we need to forgive. And some of you need to forgive yourself. So we're going to do it both at the same time so nobody will know which one it is. <laughs> Isn't that lovely? Because you think, oh, I thought she was forgiven. Um, but often we forgive others before we forgive ourselves. And, it, it, you know, my mum, at 73, um, was in a mental institution, um, actually in Shenley, in, um, in, here in England, and they said she'd never live in the community again. My mum had, had shock treatment, water therapy, sleep treatment, all the stuff of the 60s that they played with, um, and she was very ill. And they said she'd never live in the community. God gave me two words of knowledge. Can I remind us, we, we are born again supernaturally, Yes. Because you can't save yourself. Yes? Just checking we're on the same page. Um, I'm born again. I'm baptised in water. Yes? Do you do that? Yeah? Supernaturally. Otherwise, you just got wet. It's a divine exchange. You go in the water, you die, and you are raised in Christ. Baptised in Holy Spirit? Supernaturally. There is no full stop. We are supposed to live supernatural lives. Amen? Supernatural your natural, add his super to it. It's got to happen. That's what people are looking for. And so here's my mum. God gave me two words of knowledge. Um, and one of them was about forgiveness. Um, and my mum was totally crazy. And I said, Lord, um, she's actually insane. Doesn't, can't tell me where she lives. Um, and he's like, you're not talking to her mind. You're talking to her soul. I want us to leave here today and saying we, it is well with my soul. Um, and it's an important part of our journey to be well with our soul. Um, and so she prayed the most childlike prayer. She was 73, um, prayed the most childlike prayer, forgave, and got totally set her free. Totally set her free. 
Um, I took her back to the institution because she was just home for the weekend, phoned the psychiatrist, said my mum's got saved, and she said, Margaret, she's too old, she's too far down the drug route. Um, I shared with me yesterday, please don't give people your opinion, especially if you're, you're young, it doesn't count. <laughs> Sorry, just doesn't count. Your opinion doesn't count, it doesn't work. This is what works. And I said to her, it's not my opinion. My Bible says that she will be dressed and in her right mind. So please, could you see her? She saw her and sent her home. And she never went back, came off all her legal drugs without a headache. And I said, Lord, give me one year to get to like her. One year. Just give me a year and then she can go to heaven. I'll just have to get to like her. I loved her because I was a Christian. I didn't like her very much. Um, and my mum graduated to heaven um, when she was seven, 90. 93, 92. We had, we had 19 years together, yeah, 92. And we built memories. And this is the sort of God we serve today. He, he is deep. He goes to the deep things. He's not a surface God. He's not afraid of the deep. Often we're afraid of the deep. And forgiveness, we're afraid to go there like, oh, I can't do this. I thought I've done it. How many of you think you've forgiven someone to deceive them? You know, it's easy in the holy place. It's like, I've forgiven them. And then you see them and you think, I have a really good headbutt. I have a misspent youth. I have a very good headbutt. And I see him and I think, oh, don't headbutt them. Because <laughs> we all think it's good till you see someone. And so, but you know, forgiveness is key to a fruitful life. So how many of you in here know that you need to forgive yourself or someone else today? He would send me, just look around the room. You're not alone. Up on those lovely feet. We're going to see chains falling today. We're going to see chains falling there's lots of songs being written right now about chains falling. And when you stand up, I can spiritually hear chains falling off people. I can hear it. Because there is a, the church has been chained for too long. Chained into unforgiveness, chains of, of frustration. But today is your day. Whether you're going to forgive yourself or somebody else, this is a new day for you. Amen. Hand on your heart. We're going to cover both as we pray. Jesus, Jesus. Thank, you thank you that you said that we could forgive as you have forgiven us. So today I claim that. I, cl I forgive myself. I forgive everyone who's trespassed against me. This is a new day. I'm leaving here free. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. If you're sitting down, clap these people and I'm going to try. Yes, yes, yes. Listen, there's nothing passive about church. And if church is boring, it's because we are. Jesus is not boring. Certainly not. Um, and here she is. He, and then he goes on to explain, so give me this water so that I won't get thirsty and have to keep coming to draw water here. You know, she was an outcast. Um, and she was a, the well in those days was the social gathering. It'd be like going to Starbucks, go and hang out at the well. And she couldn't do that because her past was still ruling her present. And her present was still very ruled, so she, very clear, because she had five husbands and the man she was with, and it excluded her. And, and, you know, society excludes people, but Jesus includes them. And we need to make sure that we have an inclusive heart. He included her. Most people wouldn't have even gone near her. And yet, here he is saying, can I have a drink? And she didn't get it. I'm so encouraged. I'm so encouraged, but he didn't give up. And some of us don't get it, but he doesn't give up on us. He really doesn't. He's a good, good father, and he loves us. 
And we need to be able to draw on him, not just for grace and truth. You know, be kind to yourself. I, I would be really nice to everyone else and not very nice to myself. Um, anyone else? No, I won't make you say that. But you know that whole thing of uh, I would be really nice to other people, but in, I would be hard on myself. And you know, you beat yourself up, you get bruises, but you don't get free. Only Jesus sets us free. And I'm sure she must have gone over it and over it and over it, sitting at the well on her own thinking, Ugh. and you can't change your past, but you can change the rest of the day and the future. And she didn't know that. She's like, this is my life. This is my life. And here she was. Sir, give me this water so I won't get thirsty and have to keep coming here to draw water. We are thirsty, but there is a very, very thirsty world out there. There is a very, very thirsty world. Um, and I just want to remind us, church, don't, can we not leave it to the pastors and people like that? We're all called. We're all called to love the lost. And, you know, people say to me, oh, I'm not like you, Margaret. Praise God. <laughs> Doesn't want another one. <laughs> he's just quite happy with what he's got. He's still, I'm still a work in progress. Um, but actually, we're all called to love our neighbour as ourselves. We're all called to reach out to the lost. And I've been in that place where you think, oh, I don't want to do it. What if they don't like me? We lived in Dunstable in Bedfordshire, and I'm a trained drugs counsellor. Um, of course I am. Um, <laughs> and... Uh, I knew all the dealers in town, and then one of them moved next door. I'm like, this is not funny, Jesus. And so on a Saturday night, I'm outside as they're all pulling up, taking car numbers. And Fred's like, Margaret, you're going to get shot. I'm like, this is my street. This is my street. You see, I was really reactive. And I went in, and she's like, how is that going to help anybody? It made me feel better. Felt like I was doing something. He's like, Margaret, it's not going to help anybody. He said, feed them. I'm like... Okay, all right. And I looked in their bins. <laughs> Don't you do that? <laughs> the neighbours. And I noticed they just had takeaway everything, pizzas. And, and I'm like, oh, okay. So I thought, I'll invite them to Sunday lunch, because we do Sunday lunch here, you know. Um, and Holy Spirit said, really? I'm like, yes, Sunday lunch. Think about it, Margaret. Whatever they do Saturday night. Oh, Sunday lunch is probably not going to work. Um, it's going to be Monday then. Well, Monday wasn't convenient, and if you're ever going to do anything for the kingdom of God, it's not going to be convenient. The cross was not convenient. But you know, it's so powerful. And so we had them over and they were amazed that we would have them. We were doing church, pastoring a church then and we had big speakers in our hallways like, having a party. I'm like, yep, every Sunday. Every Sunday. And we, we loved them to life. We were there when they were raided. We visited them. They went to prison. Um, you know, that whole thing is like, come on, let's do the journey with our neighbours. Would you choose that? I thought it was really crazy that here I am and there they are. But God knew who to send them to. And so often we send them back. And this woman was like a send back woman. Like, no, don't have anything to do with her. Who have you put in that box of, oh, we, you know, grace and truth won't reach them. Reach me, but it won't reach them. We can't afford to do that. We need to be so full of grace and the truth that this Bible works and Jesus saves. If he can save me, he can save anybody. Seriously, don't you feel like that? And I love the word you brought, let's trust. But you know, we need to have grace and truth and go into the world with it and then trust God that he'll do the rest. He'll do the rest. Yesterday we had a story, one of my friends came from Harpenden and she, we talked about the the impossible and the possible, you know, we put things in the impossible box. And she took her family out of the impossible box and put them in the God possible box. Um, and she's been praying for her sister for 20 years. And in the break, her sister called her and said she's coming to church today. 
How amazing is that? Did you come expecting today? Good. Well, some of you do. I love you, Matt. (laughs) The others are like, well, it's what I do on a Sunday. Um, You know, we had guys live with us who were on the drug journey and had had Christian parents, all of that. Um, And they were on a journey and they said, oh, Margaret, we're going to come to church like they're doing me a favour. I'm like, don't bother. I'm like, what do you mean? I said, God doesn't want your duty. He wants your devotion. God doesn't need our duty. He wants our devotion. And it changes everything. And here's this woman who was outside of everything. But Jesus treated her with grace and then gave her truth. Um, And I love that. He told her, go call your husband and come back. I have no husband, she replied. Jesus said, you're right when you say you have no husband. The fact is that you have had five husbands. And the man you're now is not your husband. What you've just said is quite true. Imagine how she felt. But you know, church, we've got to start working like this. We've got to start working in grace and truth for people and say, yeah, yeah, but that's not quite it, is it? That's not quite really where we're at. We need to be supernaturally reading people's mails. We need to supernaturally speak to people in a way that will show them that Jesus loves them. Because look at the outcome of this amazing woman. You know, if that would be me, I think I might have cried. Because often when you're in something, you don't talk about it. But here he is telling her, Sir, the woman said, I can see you're a prophet. Our ancestors worshipped. I love that she went back into her history. But the Jews claim, see, she never said, she just one line, I can see you're a prophet. (laughs) If that being my life, how do you know? Who told you? I'll go and find them. They shouldn't be gossiping. You know? And she didn't. She went back into the familiar and, you know, Deuteronomy 30 is my defining word. It says, see, what I command you today is not too difficult. How many of us know it can feel difficult? Um, it's not up in heaven so you can say, who can ascend to heaven and get it? It's not beneath the sea and say, who can go to the depths? It's within you. Church, we've got to take responsibility for what's in us. It's what's in us. And then he goes on to say, see, I set before your choice, life or death. Life or death. And you think, oh, of course everyone's going to choose life. I've lived long enough to know people choose death. I don't mean you're going to die if you're visiting. Okay, it means that your dreams can die, your, your destiny can die. And why do people stay there? Because it's familiar. And I'm calling us out of familiar today, church. I'm calling us into a new life, into that place where I'm going to choose life. I'm going to choose to let go of things that keep me in a box. And here she is. She's at the, just on that corner of, could that happen for me? And she moves, she runs back into town. And many of the Samaritans from that town believed in him because of the woman's testimony. He told me everything I ever did. So when the Samaritans came to him, they urged him to stay with them. And he stayed for two days more. And because of his words, many more became believers. They said to this woman, we no longer believe just because of what you said. Now we've heard for ourselves. And we know this man is really the saviour of the world. But it started with her story. And everyone in this room has a story. When was the last time you told your story to someone who you don't really know that well? Because the Bible says, by the blood of the Lamb and the word of your testimony, people will get saved. And I don't mean when you got saved. Your testimony of how God kept you last week. The testimony of how you got a promotion. The testimony of how Jesus provided for you. The testimony of how you got a new house or a car. Those things that people can relate to are really important. She goes back and says, I found a man who knows everything about me. You know, what do you tell people after the weekend? They say, do you ever have a good weekend? Mm. Yeah, it was, it was okay. It rained. You know, we need to be those people who say, I had an encounter with Jesus and I'm not the same as I was on Friday. Isn't that the deal? He doesn't, he doesn't run dry. Oh, Margaret, you had grace last week. 
You're not having any more grace this week. He loves to give good things to us. And, you know, I believe there's people in this room who need grace for home and for the workplace and for Monday in other ways that you know that there's a dread thing. It's like, oh, here comes Monday. Um, Well, imagine two buckets of grace, one each side, okay? I never go out of the house without grace, ever, ever, just like I wouldn't go out with clothes, without any clothes on. I don't go out without grace. It's really important. You know why? Because somebody's going to, you're going to need it. And so often we have not because we ask not. And then we come home and think, oh, I'm not going to talk to them again. Well, if you'd had some grace, you might have. And we need to be full of grace. So imagine two buckets and we're going to double dip. We're going to take as much grace as we need. Who needs grace for next week? Yeah, I love all around the room. Up on your feet, we're going to double dip for grace. Okay? I love it. Ready? Two buckets either side. You can go up and down as many times as you want. But we're going to, say, we're going to pray together. Jesus, thank you for your grace, freely given. I don't have to earn it, but I'm going to double dip for it today. And I'm going to give some away. In Jesus' name, amen. On the count of three. One, two, three. Down we go. Got it? Back pocket. I said to the girls they could put it elsewhere yesterday, but we'll just put it in our pockets today. And if you need to go again, go again. Double dip. More grace. Listen, let's be a church full of grace and truth. The truth is we are loved. The truth is we are forgiven. The truth is we have a hope that is eternal. The truth is that we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. But sometimes we just forget to ask. You can sit down. We've got a few more minutes. Have I got a few more minutes? How am I doing? That's right. I'm just going to close now. So please, can you, after today, go and tell your story. Tell your story about the weekend. Tell your story about how kind God is. You know, don't get weird. Please don't get weird. I'll come and find you. Jesus wasn't weird. He was wonderful. And he hung out with ordinary, everyday people all the time. Just go and be nice. You know, kindness unlocks. Kindness unlocks people. When was the last time you were deliberately kind? And I challenge you to be kind to the people you don't like. (laughs) Because that's real kindness. Um, But that, you know, those person you think, why are they breathing the same air as me? Why were they even born at all? <laughs> They're the people that you go and be kind to. There's nothing random about acts of kindness. You have to plan for them. And I want to challenge us, church. Are we planning to see Hitchin and Hertfordshire changed for the glory of God? Are we going to believe that we're going to see miracles on the streets? Are we believing that he's going to raise the dead? Are we going to believing that the blind are going to see, the deaf are going to hear? He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And this word works, and it's not for just a few people. This is our birthright. This is what he came for, and he wants to use all of us. And, you know, we can say, here I am, send me, and then not do anything. But grace and truth keeps us on our toes. The truth is he wants to use you. But some of you have been rejected. I'm going to, this will be the last time I get you to stand for these type of things. But I'm sorry, Holy Spirit just told me. There are people in this room who have been rejected when they've tried to do things. Um, and it's hurt you. Um, and people have hurt you with rejection. You know, I had a, a real fear of rejection. I mean, total fear. It, it, fear can cripple you. It, can, it actually stops you functioning. And that's why Jesus said perfect love casts out all fear. Because he knows what it does. Um, but that whole f- feeling, uh, I'm not going to do it. And some of you are, well, just in case, what if they reject me? Well, what if they don't? 
But some of you have suffered rejection, and I, there is a suffering in rejection. But Jesus was rejected, so we don't have to be. So if you're here today and you know that that is an issue for you, just raise your hand and say, Margaret, yeah, that's something I still struggle with, is rejection. I love you. Come on, up on your feet, my lovelies. These chains are being broken today. These chains are being broken. We need a church that can cope with the truth that we are not rejected. Jesus does not reject us, that we are whole, that we can be in that place where we say, no more, no more, no more. Jesus does not reject me. So we're going to pray for some healing as well. Is that okay? Come on, hand on your heart, gorgeous people. Pray with me, Jesus, heal my rejection. Hear my fear of rejection. It's a new day, Jesus. Make me bold. Fill me with grace and truth in the name of Jesus. I receive it, double portion, pressed down and overflowing in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen. Good job. Well done. I know that's not an easy one to stand for, but it's really important that you do. Um, And can I encourage you, you'll have an opportunity to be rejected quite quickly. Because how will you know you're over it unless you have an opportunity to go, no, that didn't didn't happen. Um, This is for me the most important prayer. Um, Knowing about Jesus doesn't help. My mum knew all about the Queen. She knew the Queen's birthday. She knew her children's birthday. She knew her favourite tea, favourite biscuits. Um, When it was her birthday, she mum, what do you want? A book on the Queen, we would search high and low for another book on the Queen. Um, And so if you listen to my mum, she knew all about the Queen, but she'd never met the Queen. And you can know all about Jesus in this room today and have never met him personally. And he's here for you today as a personal saviour. He forgives us all our sins. He releases us into the fullness of eternal life. And it begins right away. You don't have to wait. When you invite Jesus, he's like, yeah, I'm here. And if you're here today, and maybe you prayed a prayer when you were some years ago, and you know where you are now is far from God, well, he's calling you home. So whether you've never prayed the prayer or whether you prayed it once and today someone's bought you and you're like, oh, I know I need to come back to Jesus. There's no other way to be happy but in Jesus. Um, And so if with every eye closed, now if you're visiting, I wouldn't close my eyes. But And no one's going to take your phone. This is not a weird moment, okay? We ask you to close your eyes because we're visual people and I don't want anyone distracted in this moment because this is an eternal moment. So I'm asking you, if you keep your eyes open, I'll know you're visiting and I'll wave. <laughs> You'll be fine. But if you're happy to close your eyes, I'd like you to close your eyes and just ask yourself quietly in your own heart, where am I on this Jesus journey? Do I know about him or is he my Lord and Saviour? Did I once make a commitment to him and now I've walked away and I've kind of talked myself out of ever coming back? If you're in either of those, with every eye closed, I'd like you to just now, I'm just going to count to three. I want you to raise your hand and say, Margaret, we're all going to pray the prayer. Um, we're all going to stand up. But I, if, I just want to know who to include in that prayer. If you say, Margaret, include me in that prayer, just raise your hand right now around the room. Just raise your hand. And say, yes, Jesus. Hands going up around the room. That's it. Well done. That's it. Good job. Anyone else want to add to them? can see your hand right now. Well done. Any other hands? Well done. Good decisions. Right around the room. Well done. Okay. Can we all stand to our feet? We're going to pray this best prayer of all. And if you prayed that prayer, 
when, if you raised your hand, when we've prayed this prayer all together, um, at the end of the service, I'd like to come down and hug you and say hi. And the, as a church, we've got a gift for you because um, we want to encourage you on the way. You know, when you enter into a new place, you need a GPS. This is the best GPS you'll have in your whole life. It will take you on the journey. But we're all going to pray this together. But if you prayed it and you raised your hand and you said, Margaret, yes, today's my day. Pray it with all your heart. And to, we're going to see him do what only he can do. Amen. So let's pray, church. Jesus, thank you that you love me. Thank you you died for me. Thank you you rose again. Thank you forgive me. Today I forgive myself. I want to be a Christian, a follower of Jesus. Help me to be a good one all the days of my life. In Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen. Well done. Welcome home to those of you who raised your hand. Welcome home. We're going to hang out in heaven. Can I just pray for you as a church? Jesus, I want to thank you for this church, for every home and every family represented in it. I pray for Hitchin and Hertfordshire that because of this church, your kingdom will come, your will will be done, that we would see people's lives turned around for the glory and the power and the truth of Jesus Christ. And all God's people said... I love you, church. Awesome. Margaret Stunt, everybody. Love you.